and welcome back or to the Dice Are Screaming podcast. It's Friday. Oh. There you go. That's a nice meaty one. Hey, I'm Randy. I am Mike. And we're here to provide you topical topic on today's topics. Yes, uh, like the fly in the ointment of gaming podcasts strikes again. Yes, the two-headed literary etin looms large. <laughs> Look out. Uh, no, it's good to be back. Uh, Freeform Friday is upon us. We get to, to ramble, and, and we have a very, you know, hot current topic. Not going to, not just, the kimono is fluttering, but it's not yet open, so you do not have to be afraid. Don't look underneath we'll, it. We'll, we'll open that later. <laughs> but we do have a lot of call-ins today. Oh, yeah. So our Dune uh, podcast uh, touched a few things. And so yeah. uh, starting us off is Joe Richter. So take it away, Joe. Hey, Joey. Dude, Randy, you should totally run a Dune RPG actual play with the original Dune game, man. I think that would kill it, dude. You'd be the only one out there doing it. That would be super cool. That's my two cents. All right. See you dudes later. Peace out. All right. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, running a Dune game. Well, um, sure. I mean, uh, if I hadn't sold my single copy a while ago for a fat lump, lump sum of cash, uh, I do have a copy still floating around in my friend's hands who would probably be more than happy to uh, run we are with in- me. Incredibly lucky in the sense that uh, we have access to a kind of community library where, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a few people have uh, contributed games to the community library with one principal person who has been responsible for collecting a lot of classic material. Uh, and, you know, we, we do have uh, access permission to it. So it, it's been a huge blessing to us, but I'd rather do a dune LARP, just go out to like Sleeping Bear Sand Dunes and you know, <laughs> we have sandworm signs, the like of which God has not seen. Yeah, that just <laughs> go nuts with it. Although it would look a little weird stumping around in Fremen outfits with, yeah, uh, still you know, with, so, yeah, that that would probably not go over so well with the local authorities. So we, we I'll curb my enthusiasm. But um, that's something to look into as Cubicle Seven, I think, is releasing the new uh, Dune game. Ooh. So with the advent of the movie coming up, probably uh, you will be seeing more people doing Dune, which is cool. So. Yeah. But uh, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, I did also get a couple Twitter things from people saying that uh, good on referencing the Choam. Not many people who are un- not familiar with the books don't really know that one. And I'm not going to tr- uh, massacre the... Uh, it's an analogram of uh, various things. But basically, it's kind of Swedish. You know, the Committee of Honorettes and all that. Uh, basically, sees over the uh, stuff for uh, how spices... Um, refined and manufactured sets of standards and all that crap but uh yeah that would uh, that was kind of nice that people say hey you know you know, you know about that well you, well you know yeah and look i'm not poo-pooing people who have only seen the movies okay um if you've only seen the movies and you really like the the story of dune oh good for you too yeah hey, yeah rock on man same fandom it's all good right so we're going to get into it here with a call in from shandy andy from unguarded treasures hello Hey up guys, Shandy Andy here again. One of your call, uh, calling messages mentioned um, Imagine, which I touched on in a, an earlier message, and then you uh, mentioned Pelinor, the 
setting that uh, Imagine put together and you were sort of reminiscing about it being a bit sad that these things sort of slip away. Now, I don't know if you know about something called the Collected Pelinor, which is a PDF available on many forums, uh, certainly Dragon's Foot being one. Uh, I th don't think it's authorised, so I don't, I'm not quite sure about the legality of these things. I don't know who owns a copyright now of that. But the Collected Palinor is a 266-page PDF, which I think has got basically all the Palinor campaign material collected into one PDF. So I don't know whether that's of interest. Keep up the good work, guys. All right. Thanks, uh, Andy. Uh, yeah, uh, wow. That Pelinor is still out there. Uh, gladdens my heart. I didn't really get a good look at it, but I've heard so much about it. So, yeah, it only makes sense that somebody collected it into a PDF. But, yeah, we'll have to look on Dragon's Foot. So, thanks for that. I am particularly thrilled. I mean, that's pretty much uh, my destination tonight is going to be searching that up and downloading that. Because uh, legalities aside, I mean, it, it's a treasured little piece of history that yeah. I have very little experience with. And I'm profoundly grateful uh, for the opportunity to actually get to pour through it. I'm so happy to find out that somebody collected the entirety of it in one group, yeah. single download, and pow, you've got it. That's great, and thank you. All right, so we got some more call-ins. Uh, next up is, I believe Jason has some uh, rather lengthy uh, um, contributions, some observations, so we're just going to put them all together and uh, address them when we're done. So we'll be right back. Right. Hey guys, Jason here. Just calling about episodes 123, Wish Fulfillment, 124, Dune. So you, you mentioned the dungeon board game. I had that too as a kid. I love it. It's a great game. And, um, you, you know, that goes back all the way. That's pre-Dungeons and Dragons. I'm sure you know that, but you know, that game actually predates Dungeons Dragons, the genesis, you know, the basis of that game. So pretty cool game. Um, so other than that, wish fulfillment. Yeah, I mean, personally, I'm a social gamer. I just ha I'm happy to be gaming. You know, I I've said this before, but I'm that kid that's happy just to get picked for the volleyball team. Even if you can't play, I just don't want to be the last kid picked. So I, I don't ever really care a whole lot on the characters i'm happy to just let it develop as it goes but if you have players that are into that then definitely as a gm you need to be cognizant of that and uh you know because you want them to have fun because if that's the whole purpose of the game is everybody have fun together so anywho the dune episode good job excellent summation i actually haven't read the books my knowledge of dune comes from the um david lynch movie and reading wikipedia so I don't know. It, it It's an interesting world. It's neat. Um, I, I don't know that I have the time to get into the books right now. I guess if I did audiobooks, I could cram them down, but then I wouldn't have time to listen to your podcast, so it's a tough call there. Um, but, you you know, I think you hit the high points and you get a good summation of the series. Thank you. Now, my big question for you is, are you going to cover one of the other seminal works that you know, behind a lot of these games, which is gore, which has all kinds of bad connotations to it these days, right? But you look in a lot of these early games, be it D&D, be it some of the other, you know, you'll see references, obvious references to gore, the gore world in there. Now, I haven't read the books. I've read some reviews and from other people that read the books at the time, and they said the first, I don't know, six or seven books are okay, and then it got into the weird stuff after that. But, um, 
yeah, I'm curious to know if you're going to hit other series and maybe just, even if gore is just a footnote, I don't know that you can do a whole episode on it unless you guys read it, but I read that series. So anyway, just wanted to throw that out there and put you on the spot. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy. Oh, hey, Jason. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, um, a lot to cover there. So uh, we'll just start off with the uh, wish fulfillment thing. Yeah, of course, uh, we all uh, have covered um, various things throughout our uh, podcasts here about the you know, fulfilling your players' expectations and keeping up with backgrounds and details. But And we, as a personal player, I tend to fall into the camp of, like, dice are hitting the table. I have already won. <laughs> Do what you must. I have already won. You know, just, it, yeah, it, it it's like being picked for the team. You know, I, I've already had achieved all of my goals. Yeah, you're And everything else is just gravy. You right. Know? <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes you let it develop. Uh, and this one we wanted to kind of pick apart, like, player expectations and, you know, uh, basically wish fulfillment fantasies. I, I, I got to mention, though, uh, I did not know Dungeon predated. Uh, in it, it's t- The time of its inception marginally predates the formal publication of... Yeah, the the dungeon game is kind of uh, it's one of those nebulous things where it was planned before in its release, and they had re-released it, and then re-released it again several years later. Um, it was kind of like this is our way of getting into the uh, board game market, like Milton Bradley, uh, Parker huh. Brothers, sort of thing. So Neat. that was their way of kind of shoehorning it. In. Uh, it did get. Um, I didn't uh, know the full history of the board game, so I'm I'm kind of fascinated to, to yeah. find that out. That it like really it really was part of that almost holistic genesis of gaming right. going on at that moment, uh, independently, you know, on right. its own merits apart from D and D, which goes back to our discussion uh, in a previous podcast on, you know. What ifs? Like right, what? yeah. What if uh, they just decided to go with dungeon instead of the Dungeon Dragons game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, RPGs could have morphed out of that had no D and D appeared, you know. But the the relevance of that is not lost on me. That is cool. Yeah, but um, get back to the wish fulfillment thing. Glad uh, you know you enjoyed it, and I I understand that if you just play organically or whatever, you know that you're just happy to be at the table with uh, a game going on. That's cool too. We just try to pick apart things and uh, bring up new ideas and approaches. So, but uh, on to Dune. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, glad you liked the Dune. And as Mike said earlier, you don't oh, have yeah. if you like watching the movies and you keep up through it for various ways. We we're just touching on the influence that it had in science fiction, and specifically, oh, it's not as uh, uh, ground shaking as say uh, Token, but it is like we tried to cover it. It was really weird at the time for a lot of people to grasp. It was almost uh, like H.P. Lovecraft's idea of horror in the science, as to science, if it were in science fiction. I mean, you know, psionic worms. What the? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, what, what, uh, their their castings, their leavings are the spice because they're such an evolved creature of great consciousness. Oh, you know that uh, the the greatest tool of humanity. The greatest tool of humanity that unites the universe and that holds the fabric of a interstellar civilization together is worm poop. Essentially, there, yeah. There are ironies there upon ironies. Uh, if you sit down and you really think about it, one, you know, I mean, melange the spice, melange meaning variety. Variety is the spice of life. And the thing that holds civilization together is worm poop, uh, which... You know, if you have a fatalistic view of the world, that's how we all wind up. 
So, <laughs> Mr. Herbert had layers to him. There, there are beautiful, beautiful layers to his writing that uh, do not catch at first notice, but kind of creep up on you later and you go, oh. I see what you did there. <laughs> I right see on. what you did there. Ah. And, uh, and as far as some of the other seminal works, um, well. Oh, we will cover them. Yeah, we will cover Gore. I think um, I'm not a big fan of the series. That's fine. Uh, I think it dropped off after the Priest Kings of Gore, but uh, I do think it had its influence, especially in Dark Sun. So when we cover Dark Sun coming up here, oh yeah, it would be a worthy inclusion. Uh, yeah, among the the listed influences for that campaign. I also I've think, been looking forward to the Dark Sun uh, episode we're we're going to be doing. I've looked forward to it for quite a while because we had some great campaigns in there. Yeah, we did, and uh, so that's uh, that's something that'll be coming up. But uh, again, thank you for the um, thoughts, and of course, RPG variety, variety cast. cast, yeah, RPG nerd variety, oh, cast. nerd variety cast. I'm sorry. So yeah, uh, look, catch that one up if you're listening, and uh, give Jason over there a listen and a couple likes. He would definitely appreciate it, and we definitely appreciate you calling us in. So uh, we'll be dropping by your podcast to bother you. Oh yeah, we soon. We, we will haunt you. You better call the Winchesters in. Have them get their rock salt ready, because uh, you know we're we're going to be haunting and rattling chains around your podcast very soon. All right. <laughs> so we have one more from the Sonic Platypus dropping out of the ether. Prasad. Hey, prop. Gentlemen, I've got to say, y'all pick the best topics. Loving the Dune episode. I've only read the the first book, but I love the David Lynch movie. I'm a huge David Lynch fan. I know some people are critical of it, but I, I love it. Saw it in the theaters when I was little and continually go back and enjoy it. Looking very much forward to the new Dune that uh, Dennis Villanueva, huge fan of their movies. And something I thought I'd mention, if y'all like the David Lynch version, there's a hilarious Facebook group called Dune Seich Posting. S-I-E-T-C-H, I guess it's the Fremen word for village, but it's all these just hilarious Dune memes. It's ultra nerdy, but if you need a reason to go to Facebook, join that group. It's hilarious. See y'all later. Oh, thanks, Prost. And uh, yeah, glad you like uh, the way we picked topics. Hey, uh, you know, at least somebody likes us out there, right? Oh, well, now, you know, let's not be too hard on ourselves. No, no, actually, that's that's kind of our raison d'etre. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> we don't have much to offer, but uh, what we do offer, we're glad that somebody yeah, appreciates. I, the the topic-picking thing, um, it makes itself. I mean, look, this, this hobby has been a, a thing that we've been in for so long, and it intersects up against so many other facets, be it, you know, like science fiction, fantasy fiction, and so on. It's saturated with pop culture references that uh we have enjoyed so much for so long that we just look around us you know that the, we could look at either of our bookshelves or like the the movie shelf and and bam you have a topic right there something that you really enjoyed something that gave you ideas for your games uh and yeah that that is where the the inspiration comes from is just so many things that we have an enthusiasm for. Uh, and honestly, these podcasts even now are still very much to some degree, 
the two of us just recording what we yammer about in any case. Uh, we, it, yeah, it's a lot of pregame ambo buzz we're setting up and waiting for everybody to pile on in. So Yeah, we kick back in, you know, in, in the hour while we're waiting for the idle hour, waiting for everybody else to show up for game one at a time. Uh, you know, we, we sit there and wax eloquent on the subject of, oh, hey, remember this? Uh, you know, this, they just aired this on cable channel, whatever. Uh, and I was watching that and remembering what it was like to see that back in like 1983. Uh, <laughs> and that is exactly what our chats are like, or pretty much like these. Yes. Except that we never address total, you know, uh, people out there. Uh, we don't break the fourth wall in our usual conversations. No, not really. There's nobody to talk to except I, us. I've been, or I occasionally break that fourth wall, though. Hey, talk to yourself. But, hey, you like to hear a reasonable person speak now and then. Yeah. But, no, uh, yeah, I definitely (laughs) like the David Lynch movie. I think that the set design and other things that went into it, uh, even though he ended up leaving the project in disgust over a lot of the things that we did mention in the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. And putting his name Alan Smithy on the end of it. He did. I'm uh, a big Lynch fan as well, especially, uh, you know, the the Twin Peaks era and, of course, Blue Velvet, you know, fantastic movies. But Uh, also the weirding modules and uh, a couple of the other things that were in there um, were, of course, part of the development and personal take on the... uh, on the director's part, I think uh, he said he read the book like seven times during <laughs> making it to get some things straight. So, you know, definitely he was a, a very methodical director and he had a grasp of the concepts. So that probably didn't uh, help any in the uh, well, post-production. But No, and I, I understand that uh, it was also a difficult era in which to make these. And Toto! And again, Toto! Really? Yeah, all right. You know, that that's when I talk about the difficult era in which to make something that is true to its art. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, and if you can imagine Conan with a rock theme, you know, if, if you recall, the director of Conan also had to work overtime to yeah, keep John the rock Milnes. theme. Yeah, and he would not budge. He would not budge. Uh, another one uh, that we'll just uh, get off in the weeds for a moment as you bring it up. Yeah. Get us started. Uh, another movie... Uh, since we're doing a lot of horror movie research, I've been watching a lot of uh, synopsises of uh, and criticisms of uh, Dracula and Frankenstein movies through the ages. Um, can we call it the ages back in the black and yeah, white? Yes, we can. Just going to give you a you know, like little heads up as we move towards the spooky season. We're doing our research. Coppola's uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, the, oh, the studio yeah. there wanted to put a modern soundtrack. And they did. They did put Annie Lennox in there. But her inclusion, actually, I think, I, I agree with a lot of people, that her song was very uh, fitting with the tone of the movie that they were taking as tragic love and all that. Yeah, I mean, it was not uh, diagenically inappropriate. You know, it was not... Uh, right. So it sometimes it does work. If it's done with great care, then it can be done. However... <laughs> That great care is the watchword there, okay? How you insert this in, uh, I mean, if you have something that's out of character as, like, diagenic sound, it really throws everything off. Well, Live and Let Die. Um, The song Live and Let Die, done by Paul McCartney and Wings. Sure. uh, That far outlasted and was much better than the movie, so there's a few times where that does work. Yeah, yeah, all right, fair enough. That was a a great Bond song. It's still well-loved to this day. Uh, 
you know, that's one of those moments where the, the sound or the song from the Bond movie was better than the Bond movie itself. That was a terrible uh, one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's think. But all right, yeah, well, uh, anyway, we got other things to talk about tonight rather than talk about music. So. We have other dragons to be slain by. But thank you, Froth, and again, uh, Sonic Platypus, you're free to drop in anytime you want. We appreciate hearing from you yeah. every single time. So we're going to go and uh, make a break here for a quick uh, advertisement, and then we're going to be back with some topic. So check us out. All right, and we're back. So, yeah, thanks for the call-ins. And uh, we were discussing between the break here that, uh, you know, we appreciate having all these call-ins. So please keep them coming. But, uh, you know, as uh, we get more, and we do want more, um, we will spend more time discussing with you. And if that changes some of our topic and the time we spend on it, we're all ready for that. And we can kind of keep ourselves on track for this. So tonight's topic is just Freeform Friday. So we're going to cover a topical topic of the day. Yeah, it's a thing that literally just hit them interwebs. Uh, in the last few days, uh, it became quite the storm of sensation, and it just seemed appropriate to comment on it because it is timely, it is relevant, uh, and we're talking Wendy's. Wendy's, the Feast of Legend free RPG that they came out with. Uh, just under 100 pages, uh, free to download, and... Uh, you know, uh, various people have various ideas about it. Some people are very anti-corporate. Um, and there was there was mingled amusement uh, and uh, you know uh, pleasure uh, for some, and then you know some fairly serious outrage and disgust from others. So it was a bit of a flashpoint. Yeah, and Critical Role ended up doing it. So we're going to discuss all the matters of it. Um, first of all. Out of the gate. Uh, yeah, right out of the gate. Uh, the game itself, I actually did a review, and uh, I got some comments back on it. Um, my review of it is is that, yes, it is a advertising gimmick, but there is some love here, and this is not lost on me. They could have just put, as Mike uh, and me talked earlier, they just could have put a picture with a hamburger with a sword on it and, you know, a couple, you know, made a nine-page uh, stupid role-playing game. Yeah, they that, ended up doing a hundred pages with a player's guide and a game master's guide with a campaign world and areas to adventure in that are fleshed out, as well as a bestiary and magic items. So yeah, th- this was not done hastily and overnight. This an enormous amount of time, effort, money, and detail went into this, uh, and so whether it it may seem schlocky or not, uh, the truth is. Uh, there was obviously a degree of respect here. Like, you know, let's let's do this classy. Let's take the time. Let's make the effort. Let's hire some professionals and make it count. So I, I, I got to say, uh, while I can be uh, pretty tough on the subject of commercialization and sponsorship, I'm not unimpressed. I, I actually look at this and I think to myself, uh, you know, I, I'm flattered that they tried this hard. Yeah, and we, uh, my wife and I uh, looked at it, and she was actually impressed enough to want to try on a night that uh, we have, uh, we're short of players, or there's a, a scheduling conflict of trying to play it. And I'm like, okay, and then Critical Role took it on. So uh, to get at the core of it, there is a lot here that is basically pimping Wendy's food. Yeah, of course. Uh, lots of it is tongue-in-cheek humor, uh, especially in the naming of things and places. Uh, yeah, yeah, like the roast beach. We're looking at the map here. <laughs> oh, 
It is just dad Lake jokes. John Silver. Oh. The Twin Cities of Carl. Now, you know, I just want to know about the Twin Cities of Carl right there. <laughs> oh, man. There's got to be a weird reference to, uh, you know, the, the uh, owner, uh, creator, and uh, probably Minneapolis is something, you know, touching that. The There's Twin gotta Cities be... of Carl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, yes, um, basically they're fighting McDonald's. And so, you know, that's the whole thing right there. So, you know, um, taking into it, there are three classes with subclasses within them that you pick. And each one has, you know, there's healer types and even druid types and other types that you can play. And basically the fighter types. And your weapons are the silly stuff that you would expect out of a, a mock game. But... You know, if you want to take it down that you're using a frying pan um, that does die 12 points of damage, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> the fighting class is known as the Order of the Beef, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, that is. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Where's the beef? It's right here, baby. Yeah, we got it. So, okay. Uh, yeah, the, the, the cold region is the deep freeze. Yeah, yeah. The, the deep freeze, yeah. I, uh... I, oh, I, I should say this too. Um, the the cover stock shot, uh, the art they got was very nice, uh, reminiscent of classic early RPG art. Yeah. Uh, and Wendy is looking kind of like a butt kicking, you know, the uh, clap hero. queen. Yeah. Yeah, she's just uh, you know, Queen Wendy is is looking pretty cool. And just I, to go over the system, <laughs> you roll four four sided dice, which of course they could have just went with six sided dice. They even have a dice rolling app on their. But instead, they departed from the extremely familiar and did some work on their own. Okay, they they developed their own little thing, albeit short, sweet, to the point, and all that. But it does cover the actual rules of play. Yes, and you know, rolling a crit is called feast mode. If you roll a twenty on an attack or skill roll, you go into feast mode. You do maximum amount of attack damage plus an additional roll of the normal attack dice. <laughs> you know, so yeah, okay. It's it's Dungeons and Dragons light, but hey, you know what? Okay, so somebody put some effort in this, and actually, it was found out uh, that uh, the guys who helped uh, with uh, Zweihander were involved with it. David oh, uh, Daniel Fox uh, revealed who it was. Uh, they the artists were uh, covered in the in the back of the uh, thing, and uh, the bestiary is of course uh, kind of funny to read too, but. You know, again, well thought out monsters with some uh, that are pretty nasty. So, yeah. Um, the pretty, nation of Fresh Tobia yeah, fresh. needs you. <laughs> so, uh, see, I, I'm not offended by any of this, okay? I, I'm not a big fan of, uh, you know, like taking it too seriously as, like, you know, well, that's the future of gaming. You know, it's all, it's all going to be, you know, like uh, company reference. No, it's not, okay? This was a advertising gimmick uh, done with a lot of detail and a lot of love. But here's the thing you got to know about it. Uh, you've got to know that when this level of effort goes in to appealing to a niche market, you have begun to transcend being a niche market. You're, you're no longer uh, largely irrelevant, okay? Uh, when you draw this level of attention, this level of effort and detail... Uh, you're being taken seriously as a major part of the market. So uh, with the, the advent of gaming becoming such a popular pastime for such a very large number of people, uh, making this kind of effort, 
it's a two-edged sword. On the one hand, you know, you're being treated as a potential consumer with a great deal of seriousness uh, and respect towards your interests. But on the other hand, you're going to run into this kind of thing a lot. Um, it is going to happen again. There will be other companies uh, pushing more sponsorship and, you know, more placement. Uh, things like that are pretty commonplace in the marketing world. Well, so you, you've got to kind of have an even-handed attitude or you will be constantly upset. It will always hurt you if you let it. Now, um, a lot of people are upset with uh, Wendy's management and some of their corporate decisions, which, okay, is kind of out of the scope of what we talk about here, but I think it's bears worth mentioning that the Critical Role uh, live stream last night donated all their uh, profits um, and from their uh, and the advertising to uh, the farmers um, group that is struggling in Guatemala and other collectives. So they handed it off to charity, which is, of course, uh, maybe due to some fan backlash. But I think, uh, you know, anytime you do something, you, a little Robin Hood, they took the corporate money and they donated it to the poor. So, yeah, I, I got to admit, that was a, a good irony gift there where, like, you know, they're their choice for charitable donation uh, was the exact group that apparently is in some dispute with Wendy's. Uh, and, you know, good for them for doing that. I, I think that was a good judgment on their part. No, I'm no big uh, fan of big corporations are being pandered to, but I do think that as long as I don't feel I'm being talked down to, I'm willing to deal with it on a certain level. And also, anytime that somebody makes a move to say, hey, like, your money is obviously important to us. I mean, what corporation doesn't think our money is valuable to them? Oh, yeah. Look, uh, there is no escape from that, all right? This this, this is the United States. Uh, there is no direction you can turn. Uh, if, your, if your weak point is your sense of outrage, then you will be advertised to using, you know, something to reach you through your outrage. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, in the marketing world, they come at you from every angle. Yeah, the cigarette company. I mean, they were in the uh, anti-smoking campaign as well as yeah, so the that, nicotine patches. So that they could set the tone of anti-cigarette advertising and drown out anybody else in the field. You know, they, they then controlled both the opposition to themselves and the alternatives to themselves, as well as the advertising for themselves. So, yeah, I just it was a stunning coup, and that is, I hate to say it, but that is how modern marketing works. Uh, and a lot of people just aren't very familiar with it, because, good Lord, why would you want to be? It's like, I wish to investigate the contents of this sewer. Nobody... You know, Said nobody ever. Yeah, nobody wants to go down there and check it out in person. Uh, so That's why well, they pay people very large amounts to go and do sewer repairs. So while it may sound like we're singing the praises of Wendy, hey, no, uh, we're just no. talking about they came out with a product. I think it's really clever, and I think it's uh, even cute and funny. And if it made me laugh, I'm, I watched The Critical Role, uh, with, and it was really... Okay, there was a lot of bonehead jokes. I'm just going to yeah. say, and if that, it just reminded me a lot of playing tune. But there, so they've also done things on Critical Role, like uh, I Honey mean, Heist. Remember that? Well, I was showing you that game, the Honey Heist uh, oh, with the bears. Yeah. And I have, I have made cheesier jokes 
Yes. Using yes. 100% all-American cheese um, <laughs> uh, during my jokes. Uh, no, I have done worse jokes than these uh, during an average game with my friends, complete with eye rolls from everyone present going, why, why do you insist on doing that to us? Ow! We're supposed to be your friends, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, do you not care at all? <laughs> have you no feelings? Where's the love, Mike? Uh, yeah, I... I have done worse than this just because it was Saturday night. All I'm saying is that the game, a game that has ball pit traps and you fight the ice jester, which is remarkably, <laughs> you've seen the picture I showed you, right? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who they're making fun of there. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, we're, we're not going to. We're not going to go into any trademarked references here, but... <laughs> but the Freesta, you know, look at that thing. Wow. Yeah, we, we are literally scrolling down to the, the creatures. Uh, there's some good Chthuloid horror yes. uh, stuff here. Uh, stuff that's fused. been left in the freezer too long, <laughs> and it's gotten angry. <laughs> it seeks to break out and be free. You know, uh, and wreak havoc. Well, hey. <laughs> now, of course, I, I think that there would... They would never have the courage to uh, include amongst their enemies, you know, uh, the dreaded Salmonella Beast. Oh, there's Constable Von Fries, you know, Mayor McCheese, you know. Oh, Constable Von Fries. Uh, uh, there are a lot of... Uh, a lot of cheap shots in here. Yes. Just going to throw that in there. Um uh, well, well, you would expect Wendy's man when Jack in the Box, they were having a Twitter war a while ago when Jack in the Box's uh, Twitter group showed up and she said, the adults are talking, go sit down now. Oh. <laughs> you know, Burger King and McDonald's were tweeting in the, into Wendy's feed and, you know, the Wendy's like, Jack, Jack in the, the Box showed up, uh, go sit down, the adults are talking. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, hey, Jack in the Box, everybody who hasn't killed anyone lately gets to continue this conversation. <laughs> yeah, so okay. <laughs> they have a great they have a great internet presence, and they obviously use this well to market it. So, you know, if you don't like Wendy's, okay, don't download the game. We're just talking about hey, we're being marketed to. Now you're going to have to start to get used to this. Yeah, that's that's a subject that I was actually musing on just a few days ago myself, entirely independent of the podcast. Uh, that a lot of people seem to find it very shocking that they are marketed to. So brazenly, uh, they as a demographic are being targeted. They, they find it exploitative. And uh, this has been going on an awfully long time. And so each generation comes to a point, and in many cases, each niche group comes to a point where they discover for the first time that they are being marketed to so intensely. And it's shocking to them and it's upsetting. Uh, it's not actually new. It's been going on all along. Uh, and it's the degree of awareness that changes. So, you know, the thing that I advocate for is is not that, like, oh, all advertising should be banned because it's all terrible. Uh, look, m most of it is exploitative. Most of it is carefully targeted. Most of it is aimed at people through their insecurities, through their existing attractions and loyalties, uh, through their fears. Uh, a lot of it is very unethically undertaken. But... The awareness you have of it, the readiness you have for it, uh, those are the things that give you a resistance to being manipulated. Uh, and that's the thing that we really need to build up as a culture, a social understanding that, like, okay, this is going to happen. Uh, and the important thing is to be ready for it, to be aware, to be mindful, mm -hmm. so that you're not just 
you know, blindly manipulated and prodded into making decisions that right. aren't well thought out. And a lot of people learn something new about Wendy's, even the people who are wildly enthusiastic. Myself, I was just kind of like, oh, cool, this is a neat thing. And then I found out that, you know, like anything you put up on the internet, uh, here, here's a rock. Well, you're wrong. It's a stone. Well, it's made <laughs> That of igneous stone. material is not what you think it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, I get it that there's things that Wendy's done, but... How about we address it like this, that the corporation, that uh, we deal in a corporate climate and a world where we are consumers in, how you invest your money, where you invest your money and attention is totally within your control. And as Mike said succinctly right there, that you armor yourself versus this by being aware of how you're being manipulated. And in this case, if you went and bought a Wendy's meal because, oh man, I really want a Prosty right now. Okay, maybe it worked on you, but at the same time, the decision is yours. If you don't like it, don't play it. And second of all, uh, it's free. No trees died during this. I am understanding that at New York City Comic Con, Wendy's does have a limited amount of actual books to give away. Huh. Oh, good on them. Uh, well, I, I, I think we should mention some of the other corporate-related uh, gaming moments where this yeah. is this is not new, uh, right? The but it's bigger now than it used to be, and the internet magnifies the effect. The yeah, in the early '80s, the uh, TSR management decided to branch out to a toy company, which uh, approached them actually, and it was LGN Toys. Uh, a relatively, they weren't small fries, but they weren't a, they weren't big like Kenner or Hasbro or Mattel. Would you like small fries with that? No. Ah, ah I see what you did there. <laughs> There's a nugget of wisdom in that. <laughs> sir. Oh, now you know where the beep is. Oh, and, yeah. We we have it with these puns. That you, freezer you, burn. I yeah. love that. Freezer burn! <laughs> but uh, LGN approached uh, uh, TSR Limited, which was their uh, initial kind of venture to go into other markets besides just gaming. And uh, they initially started out with uh, small craft things, even including some macrame and... Uh, yeah. Macrame. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Needlepoint, as well as wood-burning. But then, yeah, there's a wood-burning kit out there. Yes, look the D&D wood-burning kit. With stencils. Yeah, if all of it. Oh, you remember the shrinky-dink craze? And I I see people poke fun at young people. Fidget spinners! Ah, oh, you know, they're, they're just for people who eat Tide Pods and, like, vape <laughs> through their man buns. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, shut up, generation of the pet rock and the shrinky dink. Okay? Yeah, you can bite me. Okay, every every generation has its low ebb, uh, and just you know, ours were Walkman. Uh well, all right. Uh, I liked the Walkman. Me too. Yeah, that the, being able to listen to your music while you walked was great. Okay, that that one was not a total failure. Except they need a better because our music was better. Damn it! No, oh, yeah. I, all right, uh, there. I've had my get off my lawn moment for the day. All right, let's reel you back in. You're yeah, on to something. But, Sorry, but reeling in, reeling it back in. Uh, the the point being that. Uh, you know, this, this is not new. The the corporatization, right. uh, we, we had these repeated introductions of items where gaming-related material was being marketed to be a kind of uh, symbiotic relationship. Where, right, and what... Eh, we got appeal over in this area because our demographic likes this kind of stuff, and so other corporations would jump on board. Well, Mattel came out with a series of toys called Masters of the Universe. You may have heard of them, I mean... Yeah. Okay. So, yes, Masters of the Universe came out, and it wasn't just a cartoon. It was kind of, in a way, a response to harness 
the imaginations of the younger kids who have been watching their older brothers and siblings play Dungeons and Dragons. Hey, this is this is something that people are into. Let's make uh, the Castle Grayskull and He-Man Skeletor. And, and yeah, they were things for imagination. Mighty but, Warrior versus Evil Wizard. Yeah, you know, just you know. very simple, very straightforward, aimed at a younger market. And it became kind of a cultural touchstone that even now is meme-worthy. Uh, you know, it, it's, yeah, it still it's gets all over them in our webs. But then LJN approached TSR uh, Limited, which was their um, marketing brand. And they approached him with a line of toys. Now, um, once... Um, actually, Gygax and a few others got involved in it, and they made these characters to go with it, action figures. And oh. then he created a, a playset called the Fortress of Things, and a couple big toys, like a brass dragon for the strong heart, the paladin, and then red dragon for the or Tiamat for the evil guys to ride around on. And so they had playsets and toys for younger siblings that were actually official Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. Now... Any toy line, anybody who knows about toy collecting, any toy line that lasts for two years is considered ancient. <laughs> okay, you've succeeded if you went two years. You mean, you know, you say, well, hey, Transformers is still doing well. G.I. Joe is still doing well. Exactly. Those are the success stories. The rest were things that hit for a season, maybe got one or two years, and then were gone. Everything else fades away so quickly in the toy world. Uh, it's, uh, oh my God. Gosh, it's like ADHD nat span attention. Well, right, because it's shell. It's all about shelf space. You Very much to- a goldfish in in a little bowl. Going, oh my gosh, is that a castle? Oh my gosh, is is that a diver? Oh my gosh, that's a castle. So while there were D and D beach towels <laughs> and underoos, this expanded, and also into this mix was added the D and D cartoon. Now, whether you hate it or like it, it also confused a lot of people who thought that wait, aren't these action figures and toys? based on the cartoon? No, they were separate. They were meant to be played, and they actually made some modules to highlight them. The quest for the Hearthstone being one of them. Oh, yeah. And so, Gosh, that I was kind of like that. their way of mixing it together. But after the D&D cartoon started to actually gravitate a demand for D&D toys, they began to expand the market out. And TSR lessened its ex- uh, grip on it because they didn't control the Marvel license. It was Marvel Comics doing the uh, animation and the stories. And so there was also that legality that had to be sorted through, and LGN was kind of unsure where to go, so they come out with a second wave two of the toys the next year. And these were less successful and a little different because the guys at LGN weren't players at D&D, and this wasn't officially overseen, although there was somebody signing a stamp. But you can find some nice... uh, Large toys of Umbra Hulks and Trolls and some Bugbears and things like that. They're uh, standard action figures, uh, really big, but uh, are playable uh, toys still to this day. I know that a couple people uh, collect them. Um, but that was the first time that Dungeons & Dragons really went commercial. It's, it's true. Uh, and while this is something capitalizing on the general popularity of role-playing uh, overall, um, it's really to be expected considering how much it's being culturally referenced in television shows. And not just like isolated, tiny television shows that nobody watches, but, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about this kind of reference being made in things like Supernatural, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which is like wrapping up with a 15th season. 
uh, or the Big Bang Theory, uh, and of course Stranger Things. You know, but but these this level of cultural relevance means that the marketing eye is upon thee, and there's no yes. way out of that. That is not going to change. Like the eye of Sauron is upon <laughs> us. Uh, a lidless eye wreathed in flame. Yes. Uh, yeah, it, it's a little spooky to some, you know, and honestly, uh, I'm not going to gainsay anybody's right to opt out uh, right. and, and to express displeasure because, honestly, that is uh, every person's right. If you are dissatisfied with a particular company's conduct, uh, one of the greatest powers you do have is where you put your dollar. And right. so I, I'd say to the world, uh, do as you wish to do, okay? Uh, do as you see fit. Exercise your own discretion. And I'm not, I'm not going to contradict anyone on that because I actually believe in exercising that judgment myself. Exactly. And as I do I, even if I'm a little enthusiastic about certain things about it where I like to have fun and I like to laugh because laughter to me is Sometimes few and bar between in this world. Yeah, it's essential to your personal well-being. Uh, having a sense of humor it makes a lot of things a better, you know, better experience. But uh, if, uh, if it brings me joy, and I know that it's not making some uh, plastic piece of crap that's going to end in the landfill in about four months. True. I'm in this not going to hate it. Yeah, there, there is very little waste in an e-product. A virtual product uh, is pretty much, you know, low impact. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking. I have a friend at New York City Comic Con that's uh, actually going to Wendy's tonight, and she's going to tell me if uh, she can find one for me. Ah, bless her heart. Mighty kind. Uh, now, I, as a memento of the occasion, it would be nice to, to remember that it happened. Yeah, and uh, I think just like with the D&D cartoons, are, uh, the, I say the cartoons, the comic strips that were available in a lot of comic books in the yes. day, that was TSR reaching a wider audience. I remember seeing where I first became aware of Dungeons & Dragons was in Boy's Life. And I know that may mark me for some, but, you know, uh, I was in Cub Scouts early on in my life, and uh, I seen that advertisement there, and it was in a full-page ad. And I'm like, wow, what is this game? I was a Cub Scout and a Boy Scout, and uh, honestly, um, you know, my first contact moments uh, had less to do with uh, encountering the actual books themselves or advertisements of them. I hadn't really noticed uh, until an acquaintance in junior high handed me a book. Uh, and in our the course of our conversations over that book, uh, as I had just started edging my way into the field of science fiction, uh, you know, heavier than Jules Verne. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I was, I was looking for a wider variety of stuff and I bumbled into discussing D&D, &D, and I wondered what that was. And then, of course, the next time I was at a bookstore, my eyes were open and looking for it. So I heard it by word of mouth, and then I encountered it in printed form and bought it. There was even a D&D &D commercial that was aired on primetime and uh, early afternoon TV. Indeed. Uh, uh, you could catch it. They made, they made three ver different versions of it. Now, it's worth noting that those are instances of D&D &D advertising itself, right. as opposed and to role-playing being... You know, edged into. Yeah, but by that's the whole point. Outlets. Is only comic books reached out, and toy and a toy line reached out. And so that's the thing is when when you ask how seriously you're being taken as a demographic, how relevant is your hobby and pastime to America as you know, as a whole? You know, it's one thing when in a group of a hundred people, one or two people do a thing. Uh, when it starts to be twenty or thirty people. 
everybody notices and everybody cares. So I, I do want to caution people, be ready for a lot more of this. This is not going to be the end of this. Because you matter, you are being noticed, and it's not always comfortable. No, it's not. But as long as they treat me like this, I'm not too upset about it. I'm not happy with Wendy's uh, actions abroad and corporately. But and at- I, I want to mention it's a two-way street. When you are a demographic of importance to uh, an agency, you have some clout. You Not mm-hmm. a lot. Not a lot. I'm not saying that like, oh, they care so deeply. No, they do not. But you have a little give and take little something, a little part of it, they're listening. They listened enough to find out this, to, to know that this is something you like. They're already listening. So you can use that. You can turn that back the other way and say, look, it's not like I hate you personally, but there's some things you're doing that just make it impossible for me to feel comfortable with this. Exercise that power you have. Um, and I, I know that different people... Uh, are thrilled with or uh, disappointed by radically different things. But, you know, go ahead, exercise your own discretion, uh, engage, yeah. communicate, uh, be nice to each other. Don't don't be horrible to anybody. But I, I don't see the harm. Yeah. And I guess that's a good place to wrap it up. So thanks for listening. And again, if you have any questions, comments, criticisms, or concerns, and you should, yes, I know, we, we say this often. You have lots of concerns with us. <laughs> Let us know on our Facebook page. And, of course, uh, you know, you can also use the Anchor app and leave us a message there. And we'll get oh, yeah. you on the, uh, put you up on the podcast and uh, talk about you. Talk good things about you. Yeah. I don't think we've ever put anybody on here where we've had a bad thing to say oh, about them. Oh, good grief, no. Why? Never I mean, look, I don't yeah. think I'd waste my you time. Know, I'm, I'm consumed with gratitude for being called. Uh, yeah. So it, it doesn't seem like being a, a very good host to just go, oh, how dare you communicate with me? Oh, I hate it when you do that. So. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we've worn out our uh, good welcome, and we appreciate you listening all the way through. Hope you did make it through. And, of course, uh, this will probably be a little controversial, so let us know what you think. And uh, we'll talk. obviously talk about this again. We might even do a follow-up on it. So, uh let us know in the comments and uh, sections on the Facebook page, or you can get a hold of us on Twitter. So I look forward to hearing from you. But until next time, may, may the, the dice always roll in your favor. favor. We're out. See ya.